Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we are giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king. King Jesus, that is. And I'm telling you, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You know what? There are some other lords, and I say that with quotations, lowercase l's. You know, there are some lords. There are some kings. There are, you know, there are people, uh, you know, in different places here, there that have authority and doing this and that. But I'm telling you, if you're going to work for somebody, work for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And uh, he'll put you exactly where you need to be. And that's our prayer through this podcast, that you are hearing the word of the Lord. And it's helping you to get positioned. It's helping you to get off the couch, get into the game, and start waking up, realizing, hey, Jesus has a great plan for me, and he's utilizing me, come on, to help him fulfill the rest of his plan as it concerns other people. So praise the Lord. I pray that today you hear something that will encourage you and strengthen you. And uh, and you'll be motivated to get out there and turn your city upside down for Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, you know, there are some places that need revival. Well, let it start in you first. Be revived, friend. Be revived. Allow the word of the Lord to just, just stir something in you, kickstart something in you. Break off that crustiness and, uh, you know, get, get, get oiled up by the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm, I'm, I just had this random... Uh, thought of the Wizard of Oz, you know, and the Tin Can Man. You know, he 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 needed a little Holy Ghost, right? He needed to get oiled up. He was a little bit rusty, wasn't able to get out there and do what he was created to do. Hallelujah! Not you. The Holy Ghost is going to get get those joints moving. Holy Ghost is going to bring movement to you, supernatural movement. Hallelujah! And you'll be able to get out there and take your place and see and do exploits. Hallelujah! All right, let's jump right into this and. Uh, I want to, I need to go ahead and just say something right up here, right at the beginning, so I don't forget, because this this is really the whole thought of the podcast today, and sometimes I don't get to the main thought that I had to begin with, and so let's put it all right here in the beginning, and then we'll talk about it. Jeremiah 521, love this, Jeremiah 521, love all the word, but I like this one. Uh, in the Amplified Classic, it says, hear now this, O foolish people, without understanding who have eyes and see not who have ears and hear not all right now he's calling them foolish now he's not necessarily being uh you know there's several ways you could apply the use of that word foolish and foolishness generically basically is not having a mind or the capacity to understand something while it can be used um, negatively as a derogative, uh, the, the, the base word, the generic definition of foolish is to not have the mind or understanding for something. And uh, we found this out even over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll look at that in a little bit, but in, in dealing with spiritual things, many times that word is applied because there is natural understanding and then there is or natural reality and then there is spiritual understanding and spiritual reality. 
you will not understand spiritual things if the way you're trying to go at spiritual things is through the natural. No, it's the other way around because there's a dominating realm. And so truth, come on, is not of the flesh. Truth is of the spirit. And you have to get into that realm and then apply that truth downward into the natural realm to understand things. And this is really where we're going to jump into this right right here. He, he He's saying, look, you're, you, you don't have an understanding. You, you have eyes, but you don't really see. You have ears, but you're not really hearing. And he's saying, therefore, the derivative of that reality is that you would be without understanding. You would be foolish concerning uh, spiritual things. Now, the main thing that I want us to receive from this verse is that there is an understanding. There is a knowledge that isn't obtained by natural eyes and ears. Now, I know for some, you're tuning me out right now. But listen, uh, you are not just a body. And you are not just a brain floating in the ethers. You are a spirit. Now, if that's the first time you've ever heard that, uh, let me say it again. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body this body of flesh that's not who you are but it's what you live in it's how you interact with this realm uh if you're biblically minded then you'll know that several places throughout the scriptures and particularly in the new testament i'm thinking of several right now where this body is referred to as a tent or a tabernacle and uh you know so we are dwelling here interacting in this natural world which is an age so there's a beginning and an ending to this age it's a highly calculated mathematical piece of time that god has carved out of eternity he called it time this little age this world that you and i know and he has precisely ordered its its existence and time is counting down hallelujah every second that passes is counting down and its usefulness to god as it concerns man and the fall of man and man's re- redemption Okay, but you and I are interacting with this realm, and we're interacting uh, via our natural bodies. You are keenly aware. You are, uh, you are intimately aware that you have a body. You know, before Adam and Eve fell, they were clothed in glory. They, they didn't even know they were naked. I'm not saying that they didn't understand or have some, some concept of their interacting with this. What I'm saying is when the glory lifted, you were immediately aware of this body that you are living in. And... Um, this is this way saying if you're only looking uh, through everything through that lens alone, you're going to be limited in your understanding. In fact, you're going to be without understanding. If you only look with natural eyes, you are going to see very little. If you're only hearing with natural ears, you are going to hear very little. In fact, the reality is you're probably going to be blind and not even know it. You're deaf and you don't even realize it. That's what this verse is saying. So, again, many people, uh, like these foolish ones here, they're deceived in the sense of they see, but they don't understand. They're blind. They hear, but they don't realize how deaf they actually are. Now, let me say this right here so I don't get too far beyond this. I'm going to jump ahead here, okay? So, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, verse 18, this is a prayer that Holy Spirit revealed to Paul. We know that Holy Spirit supplies prayers, Okay. And uh, I actually did a podcast on that. Holy Spirit supplies prayers. You need to listen to that because that'll help you. Because Holy Spirit's been given to been given to us as a gift. Uh, 
it's not that we don't know how to pray. Remember that in Romans? We don't know how to pray as we ought. So Holy Spirit supplies prayer. So here was a prayer supplied to Paul, supplied to you and I right now. And uh, we need to take this prayer as our own. But here Paul is praying, interceding, travailing maybe even, uh, that there would be an enlightenment, that the eyes of our understanding, let's just read it, Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, come on, to you and me, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Oh, I love that, in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that we may know. And then, of course, if you go on to verses 19, 20, 21, et cetera, you'll find out three major things that particularly he's saying you need to understand these things. And I'm telling you, you need to understand those things. But for our conversation today, we're going to stick here. And uh, the reality is, is there is a um, another realm. It's a spiritual dimension. It is the dominant dimension. But yet when man fell, uh, there was this arrangement to where now there's the God of this age and he's blinding people. It says he's blinded the hearts, he's blinded the eyes, he's blinded the understanding, he's blinded the, uh, or he, he has deafened the ears, we could say it like that. But here Paul's praying, look, pray this. And he's, he, he's praying this over his own people. You and I need to pray this over ourselves, but that these blinders would be removed and we would have revelation. There would be a revealing. Okay, revelation is uh, the revealing or the uncovering of something that has previously existed. And he's saying that there was a strategy of darkness against you that has cut you off, so to speak, to having clear vision, clear hearing, clear understanding, a knowledge, a working and intimate knowledge, a native knowledge, a resident knowledge of that spiritual operation and dimension because of the strategy of darkness, because of the fall of man, because of the overlord. Uh, who's the God of darkness, okay? He's the God of deception. He is a liar, the father of lies. All this has worked against us. But now, hallelujah, he's saying pray. Pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. You would have understanding. You would be the recipient of seeing and knowing. You would be the recipient of this revealing of him, hallelujah. And we know that in him is everything. And uh, there is nothing that exists that has existed apart from him. Uh, that's John 1. Love that. Uh, that's a whole amazing podcast in itself right, right now. In, in particularly, Paul's praying here uh, about these Ephesians people, uh, the people of, of the uh, Ephesians uh, church, the people who are born again in Ephesus. And um, in, in essence, he's saying, look, I, I have birthed you, but even though you're birth, you're blind. But he says this, he says, but to grow up, to develop, you need to see spiritual things and you need to hear spiritual things. Uh, but to see these things, the eyes of your understanding must be open. And I came across this quote a while back. I'm going to throw it in here uh, by this guy named John Wimber. And this is what he said. Divine experience is better than human explanation. Divine experience is better than human explanation. Praise the Lord. Now, that's not diminishing anointed, anointed preaching and teaching, but you know what Paul said. 
he said that, uh, in fact, let's look at that. That's in uh, 1 Corinthians. Let, let me turn there. He said, you know that my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words. Okay, it's not just logical. This, this, this isn't just communication in native tongue. That's what he's saying here. I didn't just talk at you. I didn't just speak of natural things. He said, no, rather, what did he say? Uh, but it was in demonstration of the spirit and power. Why? He said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Listen, Paul is in effect saying, uh, listen, to grow because you are a spirit. You are a spirit. You are not a body. You have a body. You are not a body. You live in the natural realm, but you are not. Your your destiny is not just natural existence. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I you know, I find myself talking about these realms, these dimensions and um you know, sometimes I I just wonder if people aren't able to separate the two that what you and I are experiencing here in the natural realm was not the intention uh we are spirit beings uh remember what the bible says that god is a spirit and to worship him to interact with him to know him you must worship him in spirit and in truth now we're not saying that this natural reality that you and i understand is some sort of mystical you know I don't know all these crazy new agey words, but uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to take it there. What I'm trying to say is uh, that you are not a body. You are not just this natural sense-based reality. You are a spirit. Now, you are a spirit, and if you know Jesus Christ, you are a born-again spirit, but we also found out from the Bible that that spirit has to grow and develop, or that born-again spirit can be dominated by a carnal or fleshy reality. This is why a lot of believers get frustrated uh, because they read in the Bible of all these supernatural um, realities, demonstrations, spiritual things, and then they don't, you know, experience it in their life, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm frustrated," you know, or or they get put off or offended uh, that they themselves are experiencing these realities. Um, you know, people are seeing angels say, and I, I mean, that's just, I'm just picking something off the top of my head. That's not the epitome of experience. By the way, angels are sent at, to minister to you. We don't want to get weird about angels, but uh, here's where I'm at on that. I'll just tell you this, that I'm believing whatever God has ordained for me to know and, and understand that which he's written in the book of my life, I want. And if it's angelic encounters, then so be it. Um but you know the the these beings and whatnot they are here to serve the heirs of salvation so again the epitome is not to have some encounter with a uh, spirit uh, being uh, demons will totally oblige you on that what i am saying though is that there are people that are having uh, their understanding open to the reality of angels what angels are doing uh, what 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 what's happening in the spirit realm? Even on the demonic side, they're they're having their understanding opened um, through the discerning of spirits, and they are now able to understand the strategies, uh, the 
the plans, the schemes of the enemy, they're not ignorant to it. Whereas if you were completely natural, just based on what your natural eyes, natural ears, what your natural senses are able to pick up, you wouldn't know anything that's going on behind the scenes. It's important that you, uh, as a spirit, uh, you begin to grow and develop and what are you growing and developing in the knowledge of him the knowledge of that supernatural realm that is governing all things to grow as a spiritual being you need to see these things you need to hear these things you need to experience these things hallelujah and i'm telling you the devil has done a good job for the majority of the church making this so mystical uh making it so weird that any spiritual realities they have solely placed it, it seems not everybody but a large percentage it uh, it would seem has put it over here in this category of that's um you know new agey or mystical or um you know mysticism or uh, demonic even uh, well you know and that's what's messing people up um that's what's messing people up they have more awareness of the uh, uh, rulers of darkness than they do the spiritual realities of the kingdom of light or the kingdom of the son of his love. Hallelujah. These are spiritual realities that have a profound effect on the natural realm. In fact, we found out in Job chapter 38, God reveals to Job. He's like, dude, you don't realize, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, hey, Job, look, you don't realize this, but everything you see right now is governed by a higher law or a higher spiritual reality this realm is a derivative is a recipient recipient of what happens in the spiritual realm well job had no clue of that i mean he had a concept of god but i'm telling you his ignorance of how things work in the spirit uh really set him up to be taken advantage of by the devil that's what i'm saying and we find out for example Job didn't have first Peter like you and I do, and we're told to resist the devil. Well, you got to understand that that reality is real or you don't know what you're resist resisting because in the natural, come on, uh, you don't see these things. They're a dimension. There are things working behind the scenes, if you will, orchestrating, influencing certain things in the natural realm. And if you don't have some awareness of what is going on of the influencing realm well it's going to be casera sarah for you and if life is casera sarah for you whatever will be will be then i'm telling you the devil is going to take advantage of you every time he will take advantage of you see it all the time people are like well you know whatever is whatever well if that's the way you live the devil come on who's the god of this age he's going to take advantage of you don't be ignorant, friend. And that we've what we found out in Corinthians, that the only way the devil can take advantage of you is if you are ignorant of his devices. Now, we don't want to put all of our emphasis on that uh, because we have a covenant uh, with the Father of Lights. Okay, we have a covenant with the Creator. Um, and so, you know, there is a, a reality of what we're learning, uh, what's ours in him, uh, whose family we're a part of, whose name we're named in, what blood, come on, is speaking better things concerning us, the dunamis, the exousia, uh, this developing um, in kingdom culture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's our primary. Uh, but we, there is a healthy um, 
there should be and there is uh, a healthy understanding of the other side as well. You know, Jesus said, look, I send you out like sheep among wolves. You need to understand the strategies of the wolves, if you understand what I mean. We are here. We're passing through. This place is not our home. Our place is the heavenly Jerusalem. Our place is the heavenly Mount Zion, okay? But right now, he's doing something through, uh, in and through us. We have the dispensation of grace. It's a, a gospel message that we are delivering to people that are still held in bondage. That's why, we'll, why we are still here. And because of that, you need to have a, a grasp and understanding of the strategies of the enemy because you're, you're in the midst of them. In fact, if you really, really want to get down to it, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we are told that um, there are uh, levels of demonic structures. And uh, there, let me see, it's the, um, uh, the very last ones. Uh, let's see, Ephesians 6, 12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the word against is pros, meaning face-to-face. But we're pros principalities, we're pros powers, we're pros the rulers of darkness of this age, and pros face to face, nose to nose, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, you're going to smell their stinky breath. You are that close to them. And they are attempting at every possible opportunity they have to pull you into this pele, to this uh, combat, to this wrestle. Uh, it's not that you are looking necessarily to tangle with them, they're looking to tangle with you. And, uh, but here's what I wanted, wanted to get to. There's four categories here, uh, starting at the highest down to the very lowest. And um, the last ones here in the New King James are called spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That entire phrase right there in the Greek is phenomenal. But let me just give it to you. I'm not going to break down every word. Let me give it to you. Uh, heavenly places at the high, high places, meaning right above the mountaintops and down to the uh, earth level. Uh, the atmosphere is flooded, filled with this lowest class of demonic imp, this demon being, these disembodied spirits that are uh, all over the place. I don't know how many there are. There are gobs of them. Hallelujah. Goblins of them. <laughs> there are gobs of them. There's, there's a bunch of them. And uh, they, they, have, they, they have densely populated the lower regions. And this is where you and I are in, in, interacting with with these, and they're 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 constantly looking to influence and to dominate uh, people. They're disembodied spirits. They have no authority unless they can have some sort of influence through you. They have to uh, associate themselves, attach themselves. You know, we're not we're, we're not necessarily talking about possession. Of course, that could be in, included. We're talking about demonization where in the soul and the body realm, they have taken a place of dominant influence. And uh, you've got to realize, man, that they are working behind the scenes, influencing lots of things. But if all you are is just earthly minded, remember the Bible says don't be. If all you are is fleshly minded, the Bible says don't be. If all you are is carnally minded, the Bible says don't be, but I'm just saying not everybody obeys the Bible, but let's say you're earthly minded, you are fleshly minded, you are carnally minded, then I'm telling you the the those forces of darkness are going to have a tremendous influence on your life because it's only from having a heavenly perspective, having the mind 
your 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 understanding enlightened that you would have your heart flooded with light that that light would expose the reality of demonic or dark influences in the natural realm listen they don't have any influence in any other realm <laughs> earth right now is the major uh, point of interest this is where all the activity is happening currently uh, that you and I are aware of, uh, the Bible speaks to. And uh, so he's saying, look, there is darkness, and what that darkness is trying to do, it's a strategy, it's a spiritual strategy, trying to keep you only aware of natural, keeping you aware of the flesh, keeping you aware of the body, keeping you aware of the um, uh, natural, natural ground, the taste, the smells, the sights, the sounds, natural. But behind that is a force of darkness that a lot of people are just not aware of. This is what I'm saying. This is what, he, this is what I'm saying. People, they, they're foolish. They think they hear, but they're deaf. They think they see, but they're blind. And, uh, but once, once the eyes of your understanding are enlightened, uh, once you've been illuminated, to the reality of what's going on. Now, some, some, some are uh, uh, keenly aware of darkness. In fact, they're working with darkness. Uh, but even then, they have bought into a lie. They're trapped uh, in a bondage. Um, people that are keenly aware of like, uh, you know, I'm talking about like wizards or warlocks or witches, whatever, you know what? They don't know everything. Darkness is is not the epitome of all understanding light is <laughs> oh it's crazy what what these people think that they are they think they're all that in a bag of chips um but they're not uh because darkness is a strategy of deception darkness is a strategy of blindness darkness is a strategy of deafness even people that think that they've been a been quote unquote illuminated or enlightened to the power of the force you know the dark side well, uh, hello, darling. Um, you know, bless your little your, your your little heart and your stupid head, but you have bought into a trap. Uh, they may give you some understanding, but guess what? They don't even understand everything. They don't understand everything. Darkness is confusion. Darkness is chaos. Darkness is perversion. Darkness is twisting. Hallelujah. The light is truth. The word is is truth. Jesus is truth. He's the light. Come on. He's the way. And in him, in the father of lights, in him, there is no shadows. It's straight up revelation, knowledge, truth, understanding. It is how things work in the spirit. All right. And this is where you and I want to base the majority of our focus because we're developing in this. We are growing in this in fact let me give you this verse too uh let's see it's second peter second peter i believe it is chapter one get my bible here verse two grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Watch this. Through what? The knowledge 
of him. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through, okay, through what? The knowledge of him who's called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we might be partakers of the divine nature. How do we partake in these promises? In these promises is uh, what opens up to us all the possibilities and the richness richness of this divine nature. How do we how do we get into that place? Through knowledge. Through knowledge. How do we get into that? Well, listen, you need to experience it. You need to see spiritual things. You need to hear spiritual things. Remember Paul? Well, before he was Paul, he was Saul. He was on the road to Damascus, right? And this great light came, blinded him. You know the story. Well, what's so interesting is here is that even though the eyes of his understanding were enlightened, I mean, he had an encounter. Oh, hallelujah. He had an encounter with God. It was amazing. And uh, even though his the eyes of his understanding were enlightened, he was blinded naturally for three days. And I think God's kind of driving the point home here. Because of your reliance on your natural sight, you've been blinded to spiritual things. Listen, friend, if you are only relying on what you see and hear, you are going to be buying into the strategy of keeping you blind and deaf to spiritual things. Praise God for that literal you know, demonstration and encounter there. Saul, Paul, that whole conversion experience there. Praise God for that. You, you, n- not everybody's going to get that. Not everybody needs that. Uh, you, you already have that example. You can now uh, shift, come on, into that place of spiritual understanding. It's been made available. I mean, if we could say it kind of like this, Paul spearheaded that for you. He blazed that trail. He pioneered that path for you, and um, he experienced that shift, blindness to natural things, while the eyesight, spiritual eyesight, was being developed. You and I can just shift on into that now uh, by just saying, thank you, Father. I choose to not be so dependent on my natural eyes. I choose to not be so dependent on my natural senses. Remember in proverbs he says lean not do not trust in your what the amplified says insight what is insight what's data received through your natural senses your mind is going to process that data what you smell see touch you know uh, taste etc your five natural senses uh you, you that's insight insight the incoming data you know what your natural eyes see Natural ears hear, what you touch, what you taste, what you smell. That's that's incoming data. Your mind's going to process it, and your mind's going to process it in such a way uh, where it will um, result in a corresponding action. He's saying don't trust in your natural way of processing data. Don't, 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 don't lean on that. Well, why wouldn't you lean on that? Because the natural realm is easily manipulated. Well, why is the natural realm easily manipulated? Because of the power of darkness. What is the power of darkness? The power of darkness is the attempted ability, uh, and it's it is a it is a uh, spiritual function in terms of its 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 sorcery, its witchcraft, its deception. Uh, the power of darkness is the attempted ability to hide a thing in plain plain sight. Darkness doesn't necessarily alter or adjust positionally a thing 
but it seeks to blind you to the knowledge of it, the whereabouts of it, the position of it, or its intended objective as it concerns you. That's why I'm saying the natural realm is easily manipulated. There is a witchcraft. There is a sorcery that is in operation in the natural realm. And sometimes people go around and maybe you and I are aware of a situation and because of the wisdom of God and because of the spiritual insight you and I have because of our position in the heavenlies, you and I are looking at something, the same thing this other person is, and you're thinking to yourself, why are they acting like they're blind? Are they deaf? Why don't they do this and that in reference to this situation? Well, because exactly that, the power of darkness. The eyes of their understanding is has come under the power of blindness, of darkness. It is a spiritual working known only to the natural realm. Hallelujah. This is the kingdom of the God of this world. And uh, until this work week, this 6,000-year period is over, you and I are contending with this. Hallelujah. There will be a point where his glory shall flood the earth, even as the waters cover the sea. And that darkness for a thousand years in the millennial reign, this is the seventh day, there will be a rest uh, where that darkness, where that influence that's in the earth behind the scenes will be removed for a time. But until then, you and I are contending with this. But we have the light. We are children of the light. He says, therefore, walk in the light. Well, what does that mean? Well, you're in a dark world, but there's there's an illumination on the inside of you. You know, if we could say it like this, this may not be the best way to say it, but if we could say it like this, it's like you have um, you have uh, night vision. You know, the military has these uh, this technology, uh, these goggle like things. You know, you can put them over your face, or you know, they're even in some of their aircraft. Like you know, when they look at a window, they're looking through this technology. It's phenomenal, really. Uh, but it can see in, in the dark. And uh, we are illuminated by way of our spirit. It's kind of like we have night vision. It's like we have the ability to see through the schemes of the enemy. We have the spiritual eyes that can see when the enemy has set up, constructed, or strategized a, um, a, 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 a thing that is influencing the natural realm, but yet you have the eyes to see that structure behind the scenes. So you're not distracted or led astray by what you see in the natural because you see the construct behind the scenes with your spiritual eyes. Uh, You know, technically, maybe that's the discerning of spirits. You can see what is going on behind the scenes. God has revealed it to you. Why? Well, because you are seated in the heavenlies. Number one, you have a higher place of perspective you are operating from a position of light. You are operating from a position of seeing and knowing. You are operating from a position to where the darkness is not against you in that sense. You know, yes, you are physically here in the earth realm, but simultaneously you are seated with him in the heavenlies. That is where light is. Um, he is the light. It's not like God turned on these lights. He, he doesn't use LEDs. He doesn't use fluorescent lights. He doesn't use um, incandescence. By the way, you can see a progression of revelation in that, can't you? I mean, look, look, look how our uh, uh, technology 
of light has developed over the years. What is that indicative of? Well, we're coming into a greater, by way of maturity, we're coming into a greater understanding. And just as our uh, understanding, naturally speaking, of how light, the technology behind light has progressed and we have better light, we have cleaner light. You know, for fluorescent lights flicker. And, uh, you know, they, they, they did studies, you know, what is it, like 40 hertz or 50 hertz. Uh, they did these studies that uh, migraines, uh, the diminished impact that fluorescent lights had on children in schools for, you know, seven hours a day sitting under this on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, this flicker, 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 how it diminished their capacity for learning. I mean, now we're over into LED technology. It's a cleaner light. It's a pure light. The technology behind it doesn't flicker like that. So, you know, what am I saying? I'm saying we're coming into greater uh, appreciation for greater understanding of the light that we have access to. Things grow under the light, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can apply so many different things, but uh, but see, what I'm saying is the natural is a derivative of the the, the dominating influence that spiritual reality has, whether it's the dark side of that or the light side of that. And uh, so the natural is a derivative, and God is giving us access. There's a great spirit of seeing and knowing being made available to us by way of our ability to handle it now or understand it now. We have grown into up into the fullness of the stature of him, 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 him. And so our our uh awareness, um, maybe a good word, maybe not our ability by way of our maturity. Father is uh, bringing us into a greater knowledge of how things work in the spirit. And we're seeing that impact on the natural realm as well. Hallelujah. So let me back up here. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the power of or the authority of darkness conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Again, darkness, as we know it, is a spiritual condition, but it's also a strategy. Darkness is a strategy. It is a literal, natural thing that we know in this age or this world. But darkness is functionally a veil. It is an attempt to obscure, hide, diminish, conceal. Um, you know... When the sun is out, say, and it's not nighttime or it's not dark, that doesn't mean that darkness is still, uh, isn't still functioning because darkness is a spiritual condition. Darkness attempts to hide, diminish, obscure, or conceal something. When the sun sets and uh, let's say there's no moon, say, you ever, you ever been out in the nighttime when there was no moon? It's dark. Like, it's real dark. And it's like you can only see just a little bit in front of you. So you are you are aware naturally how powerful darkness is to hide or conceal. And you may be saying to yourself, you know what? I remember there's a um, there's a stump out here or, you know, there's a there's there's a block over here or there's a there's a bench right here or there's a barbecue grill over here. But yet you're kind of stumbling around in the dark trying to feel for its location. 
Can you understand spiritually how people are stumbling around? In fact, Proverbs says that. That's exactly what Proverbs says. It says that they are stumbling around in the dark and they have no idea what they're tripping over. What is that speaking to? That is the power of darkness right there. Again, let me bring this up because I think this bears repeating in this podcast. Darkness does not alter the reality of a thing. It just attempts to uh, obscure it to you. It uh, attempts to hide it from your knowledge. You know, God has uh, laid out your pathway. Several scriptures speak to this. What I'm saying is your prophetic destiny. It's what God has in mind for you. The the Hebrew word is derek. It's your God-ordained path. We know he's already been into the future. He's already gone and established your destination. And then he comes back over here and he says, follow me this way. Um, Now, this is a whole nother a podcast or a topic, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now because people get this messed up. Um, God is sovereign. Um, and while he has established your destination, while he has established your end point or your finish point, not everybody follows him there. So he's sovereign in this sense. He, he can prophetically lay out a thing, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that man will follow him to it. Now, there are some some things that he has signed uh, for example, in the book of Zechariah, I think he has, uh, like he is um, Jehovah Sabaoth. Uh, he's the Lord of hosts. I think that's in there, I don't know, 50, 60, 75 times, something like that. I, I'd have to go back and look at my notes. But for example, he has said, this will be done. If I have to use every army, he's the uh, Lord, of, Lord of Heaven's armies. He's basically saying, if I have to uh, call on every army at my disposal, what I have laid out will come to pass. Uh, so in that sense, there are some things that are going to happen. But then there are other things, such as your particular pathway, that require you to follow. And he's not going to make you. He's not going to force you in that sense. You have to follow him. Uh, he's the he's the great shepherd that's calling unto his sheep. But you know, if you may be one of those sheep that don't want to hear uh, or obey or follow the voice of a stranger, you can do that. Uh, but don't do that. That would be stupid. Um, what I'm saying is is in light of the fact that he's laid out this path, this destiny. This is where darkness comes in. Darkness cannot move the prearranged things. God has laid out, but what darkness will try and do is deceive you about their whereabouts or lead you around the dark to where you would miss it. Some people walk right by their God appointment. Some people walk right by their Kairos opportunity, but they yielded to darkness in such a way. It's not that God moved the appointment. God didn't move the object that he intended for you to discover darkness blinded you to it where now you were stumbling around and you may have even missed it or some people trip over stuff and they don't even know what they're tripping over and they through darkness they're unable to accurately define what God is doing in their life can you see how darkness is a strategy against you you see how darkness works behind the scenes to mess you up to hide things from you to deceive you about things, about their whereabouts. So darkness is a function, and uh, you need to be aware of it. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, whose minds, 
the God of this age has blinded. Again, your insight, your natural senses are, are picking up things in, in the natural and that data is incoming to your mind. Really the point of object that the enemy's after is your mind. He's not after your body per se. Uh, you know, he can do a thing. Uh, you know, you can slap you on the hand, you feel that pain, you go home and cry to mama. You know, he can do those things, but he's really after your mind. He's really after darkening your mind, obscuring your mind. Your mind is what processes the incoming data. Remember in Romans, uh, let's see, Romans 12, uh, do not be conformed to this world. Conformity, it takes great uh, pressure. Do not be conformed to this world. Now, we know later uh, that we're to be conformed to the image of his son. Conformity, the word, is not bad. Uh, it, it, it does mean to form. It's compound, con and form. Uh, it, it's external things that can bring a, kind of like a mold. There is a pressure that will form you into something. Conformity is not bad, but he says, don't be conformed to the world. You want to be conformed to the image of his son. You want to get into a pressure chamber, if you will, a pressure cooker of heavenly spiritual things. You need to surround yourself. This is why your associations are very important. Your five closest friends is your future. And if you don't like where they're going, then you need to change. Uh, don't be conformed to something that you don't want to be. And he's saying, don't be conformed to the world. The world's doing everything, absolutely everything it possibly can to pressure you into conforming to an image that would represent them. Don't do that, he says. Now, he goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's metaf uh, metamor metamorphico. That's where we get the word metamorphosis. It's the uh, uh, caterpillar to the butterfly. But he says, be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. Oh, thank you, Father, for it. So that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. If you look up the word prove, it's the same word for allow. Uh, again, I go back to this statement that I made. A lot of people are frustrated or even offended at God. You know, they hear all these people having these miracles, these encounters, these spiritual demonstrations, these glorious outworkings and demonstrations and they're 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 mad uh, they're confused they're angry they're offended well listen uh you did it to yourself you are either going to be over here in 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 a great a positive pressure of spiritual things and your mind is going to begin to change this is what he's saying uh in ephesians 5 uh, if you've learned christ then you've put off your old way of thinking like a dirty shirt. You've you, you've allowed uh, spiritual truths to change your mind. You've allowed uh, what the Bible says to have such dominance on your thinking that you've changed the way you've thought about it. You know, you can pick up a thing in the natural, and it will be counter. It 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 it, it will be oppositional to a spiritual truth. Well, you're not going to experience the, the, the spiritual truth in order or on the level to prove it if you don't change your mind to it. This is the battle that darkness has against you, constantly bombarding you, constantly trying to influence you, constantly trying to say that what you felt is the truth. 
constantly saying what you heard with your natural ears is the truth constantly trying to tell you that it's it's deception okay but constantly trying to get you to believe that what you just saw is the truth somebody will say something and uh behind the scenes that spiritual influence will say did you hear what they said did you hear what they said they said you were stupid and that you would amount to nothing and and that voice that's the truth that's the truth that's that's not the truth that was just some data you picked up from the natural realm but guess what that person was influenced by a demonic spirit probably uh maybe influenced by their own insecurities influenced by their own experiences based on the natural they've they said a thing you heard what they said with your natural ears you brought in that data and instead of processing it as you know what that's not what the word says see you didn't change your mind because you didn't allow what the word says about you to bring about a greater reality that proved spiritual dimension instead you took something from the natural realm and really allowed a dark strategy a strategy of darkness to continue to manipulate you don't do that friend get into the scriptures get into his revealed will and when you see something that contradicts because it will and it it may even ferociously it may be it may even fiercely contradict what you previously held to be true but that's the strategy friend are you going to believe the truth or are you going to believe the lie? When you get into the word and it uh, begins to agitate you, know that it's confronting darkness in you. Know that it's confronting a lie in you. But at any point where you change your mind uh, uh, in to line up with or to reflect what the word says, what the light says, is revealing any point at any point where you change your mind to agree with that what you will uh what you will do or what you have done is now you have allowed for that spiritual reality to bring a transformation in your life and guess what you are now proving you are allowing that spiritual dimension to have manifestation and demonstration in your life hallelujah friend it's just that simple and uh, so stop being so offended at God. There's a strategy against him. God is love. Hallelujah. He is love. That is the truth. But I'm telling you, all hell is scheming against you, devising strategies against you to hide, to blind you, to obscure, to contradict that truth and to get you to believe them over the light. They would rather you hang out in the shadows. They would rather you fellowship in the dark than get over into the light because when the light comes, it exposes them. The light exposes the darkness. Let me prove this to you. Um, go get up from wherever you're listening or look around the room and go flip on the dark switch. I'll wait here. Hallelujah. That's right, friend. There is no dark switch. What is darkness? The absence of light. It's the absence of light. When the light comes, it exposes the darkness. It And what we mean by expose, um, it's simultaneously, it brings illumination <laughs> to what darkness was trying to do, but it also expels the darkness. Exposure, really, exposure expels. 
And this is why, even on a natural sense, this uh, exposure that's, that's happening in the nations, in our nation, what it will give way to is an expelling. Exposure sets the stage for an expelling. Hallelujah. And this is why things of darkness don't want to be exposed. When you turn on the light switch, darkness is expelled. It, because light is so much more powerful. It has such a higher authority. It is a dominating reality. In fact, uh, John says that the light can't, can't even comprehend, or excuse me, the dark, uh, John 1 says the dark cannot comprehend the light. The word comprehend isn't meaning necessarily like a natural or a mental understanding, although that's included. Uh, but um, uh, because darkness is foolishness, it doesn't have the mind for things of the light. Anyways, but, but ultimately what that word there means is they, it, it, it cannot seize it. It, it cannot bind the light. It, it, it cannot grab hold of the light. Darkness has no ability to grab the light in such a way as to diminish it. No, it's the other way around. Light has overwhelming power and authority. When he said, light be, the way that renders is light was. Hallelujah. Darkness does not have within itself any construct that can resist light. So you say, well, then what's going on here? Um, you, you, you are giving power to the dark by turning off the light. If you don't want darkness in your life, you're going to have to turn on the light. It's up to you, friend. It's up to you. I pray that in whatever area you may be struggling, or maybe you're not struggling, but you know somebody that is, now you know how to pray. Hallelujah. Now you know how to pray. You pray against that strategy of darkness. You pray against the deception that they have believing, that they are believing. So somebody said, well, I don't believe. I don't believe. Well, unbelief is not no belief. You can pray against that. That is a strategy right there. There is no such thing as uh, no belief. There are no vacuums in that sense. There is no possible place where you believe in nothing. Uh, so unbelief is functionally disbelief. It is a lie somebody has believed, and that lie is antagonistic, or it is oppositional to the corresponding truth. Darkness sets itself up to intentionally counter any particular uh, revelation or demonstration of light. This is why there is a counterfeit of everything, absolutely everything. And all these counterfeits, all these um, uh, strategies of disbelief uh, has moved in the church in such a way that there are spiritual demonstrations that many people in the church don't know anything about because the only awareness that they have of it is the strategy of darkness that is set up anti or oppositional that operation or demonstration of the light and because well you know you don't want to be new age right or because you know you don't want to be like in the witchcraft or whatever right there are a how things work in the spirit that has been untapped and uh an understanding of some of these things that many people in the in the church wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole only because their first awareness of it was one of deception hallelujah but not you and me friend we're breaking through.
Ha, ha, ha. We are recognizing where darkness has tried to set itself up in order to hide these things in plain sight. But we're not um, children of the dark. We are sons of the light. Hallelujah. Well, friends, I'm out of time today on the podcast. I'm so glad you joined me today. I hope you were encouraged or strengthened in some way today. Hallelujah. So get into the light. You know, do a word study on the lights. Phenomenal. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. Children of the light. Father of lights. Hallelujah. All right. Hey, if we can pray for you, that's one way that we feel like we can partner with you. We're so thankful for your prayers and your support for the podcast that if we can join with you in prayer concerning something in your life, it would be an honor to do that. You can reach out to us several ways to do that. You can send us an email. Hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. You can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash prayer. There's an online form there. Or you can call us, 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. We'd love to join our faith with you, friend. We believe in miracles. Hallelujah. Also, I want to give a big shout out to those who have financially supported the podcast in any way. So thankful for you for helping us there's a little bit of a cost associated with doing this and um if 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 that's how you would like to participate i just say thank you in advance if you'd like to do that several ways you can do that you can go to the website gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give or if you're in the united states you can text to give the number is 84321 that's 84321 just follow the prompts or you can mail a check P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.